Welcome to Hal Dottie's Fast Track. I'm Hal Dottie, and this is a show where me and a guest write a brand new song in one half of one hour. Today on the show, a little something special. A look back at the tracks that made season one, aka volume one, of Fast Track so special. And my guest for this exercise is the host of America's most listened to public radio program, Raina Duris of World Cafe. I love that you just made this error. I'm going to correct you, but it, I'm going to say I wish you could keep it like that. We're the most listened to public radio music program, I think. I wish we were the most listened to public radio <laughs> program. Beating out Morning Edition, all those things. Yes. <laughs> I neglected to type out the word music. I remember reading that as I was getting the bio for this. I can't remember yeah. if it's music or popular music program. I like this is oh, like wow. one of those things where I'm like I've seen it, but I don't. Maybe just you can leave it. You can say it's like national uh, or whatever you want. I'm gonna say America's most listened to public radio music program, and if we're wrong, that's fine. Okay, cool. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, Raina Duris of World Cafe. World Cafe is a long-running and award-winning show where people can find out about new artists, hear interviews with emerging and established musicians from all around the world. Raina herself is an award-winning radio personality from Toronto, Ontario. I will uh, glance over at you to make sure that I've gotten that correct. You got uh, it. She's been a host and writer for the CBC. She hosts and juries the esteemed Polaris Prize. I did. I'm, I haven't you gotten did. to do it in a couple of years, but... Are they not I, having the prize itself, or they're not having the event? Well, this year and last year were a bit odd because of COVID. Right. Uh, but when I moved to the States... Because it's a Canadian prize. Oh, right, right. I gave up my hosting seat. But I did it for three years, I think. Wow. Yeah. She also, very surprisingly, responded to my Instagram DM about coming on to this show and listening to a bunch of podcasters shout and mumble their way through some hastily written songs. So I'm very excited to welcome Raina. Raina, how are you? Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. And I'm also very happy that you invited me onto an episode where I don't have to write a song. Because I feel like I would not be able to do it. I think some of the people who actually did do the show are going to be jealous. I know I know offhand a few people who are going to be jealous that you got to just come on and listen to stuff. And they had to sing something. Yeah, I feel like that is so intimidating. And especially as somebody I've like spent my whole career doing music radio. Mm -hmm. The idea of writing a song to me is like... I can't even imagine how, like, where to begin. It's like inventing a new color. Like, I wouldn't know how to do it. <laughs> do you think that you're too, like, I mean, that was a, I remember, so I, I studied music in school and I was in bands for a long time. And I, I feel like I was kind of always surrounded by this mentality of people who felt like if you studied something too hard, if you focused on something too hard, that it might, like, take away some of your natural creativity or curiosity. And uh, do you feel like you're too Im like immersed immersed in the world to like uh, to even kind know where of. to begin? I think you know I played uh, trumpet in school. I was in music uh -huh. all the way through school, and I also write like I would write poetry and stuff like that. But it's like the actual music, like writing a melody to me. It's like where does it come from? I don't know. I it, right. I can't I can't make a melody that sounds like anything. Like I don't <laughs> know how to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think it's just like some people, you know, can naturally, you know, draw. Some people can naturally come up with a song. It's like one of those things. I just feel like my brain doesn't have that part. Now, you mentioned writing poems. Do you want to bring out one of your poems and, and read it on the show? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> no. They are. There's a Tumblr that I keep that uh, if, you, if you're really dedicated, you can go and find it. Oh, but, wow. Uh, it's it's you the have, kind of thing where. You have some of your poems online? Yeah, I do. But oh, if I amazing. read it, I would be like too I don't know if I could do it. Yeah. On uh, <laughs> right now. So, let me tell you what we're going to do uh today. So, there were there were 20 episodes of season 1 of Fast Track, and I had uh a bunch of a, a lot of them are my friends, a lot, a lot of the, some of them are uh are uh comedians, performers, online personalities that I just reached out to, and we would write a song together on the show. And then I would produce the song, get, uh, once I had made a demo of the song, I would get their vocals, mix their vocals into the song, and the song would go at the end, the song goes at the end of each episode. I'm going to play you the songs in order and tell you a little bit about each episode. 
I, I told you when when I asked you to come on that I I don't you are not required to pretend to like these. <laughs> you do not have to say like, oh that's oh that's great, or uh, and I'm not I'm not angling to try to get you to play any of these like on uh, on your show or anything like that. I'm just trying to get a reaction <laughs> out of somebody who uh, listens to music a lot. You know that's all really right. all that's really all it is. So the first one, the episode one was with my friend Michael Hale. Okay. Mike is the uh, co-host of Your Kickstarter Sucks podcast. Have you ever heard of that? Yes, I have. Um, and uh, he's also uh, at Dogboner on Twitter. Uh, very, very funny. Very, yeah, very funny. Yes. Uh, one of the first people I followed on Twitter back when I first got on there, and we'd been mutuals for a long time. We had hung out in real life. He's a very sweet guy, and I happen to know, because at some point he sent me a track that he sang to get a little like uh, production help on it, and I happened to know that he had the voice of an angel. He's one of the funniest people I knew, and I knew he had a great voice. So he was. See, that's not fair. How come somebody gets to have both of those things? <laughs> I, I absolutely <laughs> agree. I mean, I make music all the time, but it is when someone can really sing, it makes me makes me mad a little bit. But uh, Mike has a lot of a lot of insecurities as well, which I think is w- what balances out his uh, <laughs> him being a, a very very funny and having the voice of an angel, like I said. So this he came on the show. It was the first one we ever did. It kind of uh, established the form of the show. Uh, I didn't know if it was going to work. I didn't know if we were going to come up with anything good. But we wrote one of my favorite songs I've ever been a part of. It's called "Anybody Got a Nickel, Anybody Spare a Dime." And uh, Mike wanted to do a sad country song, and we were going over what it could be about, and we fell into the topic of a sick horse. So this is a guy who is trying to call the vet to get some information about his Clarabelle, his horse, that that is sick at the vet (laughs) with ringworm. Okay. A beautiful premise already. Yeah, it's very... uh, It's a heartbreaking story, um, and, and... I will say, so I'm singing on the verses. The way I arranged the song, the verse voice is very low and the uh, and the chorus voice is a little higher. Mike didn't feel like he could hit those the lower notes of the verse, so he ended up just leaving. He just left me to sing the verse, right? Okay. And here it is. Well, busted down flat. Feel free to make comments as you listen. I'm not. We don't have to sit here in silence while the song plays. So I, I know that sometimes you might know what genre of music you want to do first, but sometimes you spin a wheel. Oh yeah, yeah. D- did you go in knowing what you wanted here? Uh, Mike wanted to do a sad country song. Got we, it. We knew that going in. I like that guitar. I think it ended up ultimately being sort of more on the band side of country than like uh, than like a classic outlaw country song. But yeah, it's not like a Willie Nelson track. It's like right. a yeah, yeah. I could imagine like drinking some whiskey in a bar to this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do. Feel it kind of bummed out. <laughs> <laughs> we made we made a choice. Uh, we made a, 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 a choice to be representative in the in the song. We made the vet a woman. So there's a line coming up where uh, where Mike says, uh, "Please, lady doctor, <laughs> would you save my sweet girl?" Well, that is what you know. Female doctors like to be called lady yeah, doctor. Please, yes. lady doctor. <laughs> Here it is. So right here, is that you or Michael singing? That's Mike. That, you, that he sounds great. It sounds oh, so nice. Incredible voice.
This feels like it's an actual real song, which I guess it, it is, but I, it is, except for the line, Clara Bell has ringworm, which kind of takes you out of it just slightly. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I love that it, it feels, the emotion in it feels legitimate, and then you, yeah. and then every once in a while you're sort of hit by the fact that you're, that you're listening <laughs> to such an absurd song. That's kind of my favorite, kind of my favorite uh, vibe to, to hang out in, I think. The word um, ringworm is hard to fit into any song. I mean, to be fair, you I did mean, your best. if you're going to fit it in, it's hard to get more, uh, it's hard to have a more poetic shape than my Clarabelle has ringworm. That's pretty yes. nice. Yeah, good point. The Clarabelle evens it out a little bit. All right, so that's one of your favorite songs you've ever heard, and you're going to play it on World Cafe. That's what. That's uh, right. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm not going to play any other songs, just that forever. <laughs> <laughs> the next one, episode two of Fast Track, featured my friend Chris Vitito, uh, who's a very, very funny comedian uh, based here. I, I'm based in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, and he, he is as well. Uh, he also owns a comedy venue called Planet of the Tapes, and he is my co-host on our, uh, we have a comedy radio show on the local NPR affiliate called FPK, WFPK. Um, and uh, and he, he plays a character called the Possum. But uh, this was, he, he came on the show just as himself, though he makes music under the name of Tony Robot. So he's, he's on here listed as uh, Tony Robot. Now, Chris did not want to sing. He did not want to come on here and make people listen to his own voice. So he forced me to sing the whole song on this one. How often does that happen to you? Both times that I can think of that it happened, uh, it was, th- they said right off the bat that they didn't feel like singing. They didn't want to be the one who sang it. Uh, and that was Chris, and then we'll get to uh, writer-director Simon Barrett came on, uh, agreed to come on the show, but was like, I'm not doing any music for this. I'm not doing, I'm not singing, I'm not playing anything, I, I'm not musical. But Chris, Chris plays music uh, and contributed some backing vocals, um, and he's a very, very talented, uh, he writes like synthesizer music and, and drum beat sort of stuff, electronic stuff, and he's very, very good. Um, but he, he came onto the show with two – he didn't spin a wheel. You brought up the wheel. He came on the show with two uh, ideas. One was he wanted to rip off the Billy Ocean song Lover Boy. Do you remember that song? Okay. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, we tried. We tried our best to do a song that's very, very similar to Billy Ocean's Lover Boy. And then he wanted it to be called Ding Dong. I don't know what that was about, but he just had a hook in mind that the song would be called Ding Dong. It's a, it's a great name. Yeah. The, the writing process was basically us figuring out, okay, what, what can we make a song about where the chorus is ding dong? And it's obviously, it's ringing a doorbell, right? I was going to guess that. And so it ends up being about a date where you have to get your date home by a curfew or something. So you've got to hit the ding dong. What, the, the, I, I don't know. It's not a metaphor, but the, like, the... The rhetorical device we came up with for the song was that you have to hit that ding-dong for a curfew. You have to hit the ding-dong of the doorbell by the ding-dong of midnight. Right. Okay. Right? I getcha. Yep. Now, you're, you're a poet, so like you, you can appreciate how poetic that is, I'm that, sure. That's better than anything I've ever written right there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think that's all you need to know jumping into this. Like I said, he did some, he did some backing vocals that are very nice. Uh, and then I'm I'm singing it. I will say, we tried to emulate as close as we could without stealing the music. We tried to emulate Loverboy by Billy Ocean. It ends up sounding a little bit more like a Cars song, which which I think is probably what happens when two white guys try to do a Billy Ocean song. It's probably, it just <laughs> ends up sounding like the Cars. Here we go. <laughs> Yes, I can hear the cars. <laughs> it was very fun for me. I, I've always loved Billy Ocean. It was very fun for me. I've never tried to do a track like this, and it was great to do. Racing across town as her curfew winds down. 
<laughs> Hustling towards the doors. Yeah. Considering how silly the words ding dong are, yeah. they sound very cool. Like, about as cool <laughs> as I feel like they could sound. <laughs> oh, man. I can't remember who came up with the line, I got a dinger home by the dong of midnight, but. It's great. It's a highlight for me. It's beautiful. I got it. I probably should just give that one to Chris. It sounds like something he would say. You know, this is the kind of chorus that I will be thinking about every time I ring the doorbell <laughs> for the rest of my life. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about oh, I, like I completely <laughs> forgot about this. One of Chris's demands was that I do a clap track with my butt. So this is me spanking my bare ass. I was going to ask. So I was like, it sounds like clapping and snapping, but I couldn't figure out what it was. It was literally, my wife was in the next room and I pulled my ass out next to the mic and just started spanking my ass for that. Innovative. Man, I haven't listened to this one in a while. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of a bop. Yeah, it's like, it's very danceable. I can't believe you wrote this in just half an hour. Oh, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I should clarify, uh, the arrangement sometimes takes longer than a half an hour. Sure. Like the, but even then. Is that, the uh, last, is that still your butt? That's still my butt. Yeah, that's... Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, uh. don't respond to strange DMs, Reyna. <laughs> those, are, those are two very strong uh, first entries here at... I'm impressed. I'm, I'm I'm proud of I'm proud of those certainly. So then we have so let's go to um, episode three, which is Mandy McKelvey. Now Mandy is a um, very very talented stand up comedian, also uh, based here in in Louisville. She's a friend of mine. We've performed a lot together. She's been on my shows uh, in a, in a variety of capacities as performer and um, and she came on the show, agreed to do it immediately. Absolutely wanted to do it, uh, and she's hilarious, but she had, she said, you know, I'm tone deaf, is basically what she told me at the beginning of it. I, I guess tone deaf is one is one way to put it, but I it, it's, she's sort of got a weird, she's sort of weird musically to me, because if you, if she's playing a character on stage, and you give her like a Disney princess song or uh, a Dolly Parton song, she can sing it, but... If you can do the exact same thing with a song that that you guys wrote together, and uh, and she she uh, <laughs> she has a hard time like hitting specific notes at specific times. I I shouldn't. I, right. So it's like it's like a, if you're playing a character, it's like you're you're performing. Yes, you can do that, but it's the confidence is there. Maybe that's what I should say. Mandy ha- Mandy was having trouble with being her own singer, right? As opposed to being a character who is singing. And Mandy was the first one who spun the wheel. Uh, the wheel was something that I, I came up with uh, in case people came on the show and didn't already have a type of song or a subject matter or something that they already wanted to sing about or a style they already wanted to try to do. So I came, so I did a wheel where it had like metal and rock and folk and pop and rap and all that stuff on it. And then I had a, and then I had a topic wheel where it could be love song or breakup song or something like that. And Mandy spun the wheel. She spun both wheels. She spun a metal song, and she spun story song. Excellent. Mandy doesn't know anything about metal. 
she's not a bit. She's not a metalhead. She's not a metal fan. But we both we both like the uh, um, the that Evanescence song. Uh, bring me to life. It's called bring, bring me, me to, to life, life yeah. right? And so we just decided that's a to very ri- just a quick note. That's a very ambitious song to try to like <laughs> emulate. Like she's a whether you like Evanescence or not. Like her voice is oh wild. oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> but it was sort of the only thing that we could think of. So uh, it, it was the closest to a metal song that we could sort of uh, get ourselves in the headspace for, right? especially with it being a story song. And she wanted to do a COVID-related story about a guy trying to get you to go out on a date during COVID. And you're like scared of what's outside. You're scared of going outside and being set aflame by disease and and whatever and everything else. Obviously a metaphor for COVID, but I think we decided that the actual story was that the earth outside was too hot and you would explode or something like that. Okay. Uh, and... <laughs> And the other reason I think we chose the Evanescence song was because it has that part, the um, uh, wake me up. It has that guy in it. Yes. And Mandy wanted me to shout something throughout the song. So I think I say, uh, oh, God, I just remembered what I say in this. I say, come on, babe, let's go. That's what I say instead of uh, wake me up. So this is uh, and that's all I'll say about it. This is Mandy McKelvey featuring Hal Dottie with a song called Conundrum. Little haunting wind sounds in the background. Hey, she's doing a good job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she ended up doing a great job. I guess I, I brought that stuff up just because she was very nervous about the idea sure. of singing. <laughs> but you can hear the obvious uh, you can hear the obvious 100%. reference to uh, Evanescence there I also just love the idea of like this guy standing outside her house just screaming like that yeah in while she's like I can't I, I have to say I think I sound much more in this song I even sound more like a monster than the guy in the original song cause like <laughs> I've got the little pitch shift on my voice a little bit, and you know what it also kind of reminds me of. You know, uh, in Aqua songs, there's like the guy. I think his name's Renee. Remember, like Barbie Girl. And yeah, stuff Barbie like Girl, that? right? And and he would like there was she would sing, the girl would sing, and then the guy would do that like, "Come on, Barbie, let's go party" part. <laughs> yes. It's kind of like that, yeah. but also like Evanescence. <laughs> this one. This is the song where it was about 3.30 a.m. the night before the song came out. And I was listening back to the episode to make sure I had edited it correctly. And I heard myself say the words, oh, and then I'll throw a guitar solo in there. And she said, yes. And I realized I did not have a guitar solo in the recording of the song. So at 3.30 a.m. I had to like run into the run into the office and like, Record a quick guitar solo for it. Gotta do what it takes. Yeah. I mean, I was very tempted to just clip that part of the conversation out. You should have just left that part, just you guys talking there in the song. Like, throw in a guitar solo. Oh, that's a great idea. (laughs) I should try that sometime. Obviously, all the textures here, the little, the electronic beat, the real beat, the guitar going, all that stuff is emulating the the uh, Evanescence song. So when you do these, are you recording, like, what do you actually make these on? So, like, 
Uh, I use I use Ableton, the, the recording software, and I just record everything with just a couple of mics and guitar and. Got it. Um, uh, that one I bought. I bought the drum track for it. I'll buy like a um, I'll buy like a royalty free drum track. People sell those on Bandcamp and stuff. Cool. I'm impressed. Well, thank you. Uh, so yeah, that was that turned out great. I had Mandy on. Uh, it's funny. I had Mandy on uh, a bonus episode just a few, a couple of weeks ago, and um, and again, I you know that song. It, listening back to it, it turned out so good, and she'll talk about it like it was one of the great struggles of her, of her life, and that she like personally failed me or something. And I'm like, no, that song's great. Turned out great. Honestly, um, if I could write anything half that listenable, I'd be so thrilled. Oh, so I like the, the name of this one. I'm excited. Uh, so this is uh, Stuart Wellington. He's a, a longtime friend of mine and a uh, uh, very uh, successful podcaster in his own right. He uh, he is one of the hosts of the Flophouse podcast on the Max Fun Network. Uh, they watch bad movies and they talk about them. And uh, uh, they've been podcasting for like 14 years. Uh, but I've been friends with Stuart since since college. And uh, long been a, a big fan of his. I wanted to definitely get him on the show. Stuart, uh, very, very funny guy. Big fan of movies, obviously. He wanted, I think he spun the wheel as well and got country. I think that's what happened. And then he, for a topic, he, this was another COVID thing. We, this was back in, I think we were, were I think we were recording these episodes in February and March of uh, this, this past year. And this was during COVID. Nobody was going to the movie theater. Stuart wanted to do a sad country song about not being able to go to the movie theater anymore. So, oh, I love <laughs> the title of this. It's so sort of self-explanatory, but it's so evocative. Theater if you don't man. know what it's about yet, you're like, I don't know what theater man might mean. Right. I love it. So Stuart also, Stuart's from Fort Wayne, Indiana, and he has a, a, maybe a distinctive voice. And one of the things, one of the quirks of it that I've always noticed is that he doesn't say, so I say theater. Do you say theater? Theater, yeah. Okay, right. So it's yeah. like, a, it's three, three, three-ish syllables, right? right? One of them's kind of soft. But uh, Stuart says theater. He's always said theater. theater. Yeah. So that was part oh. of the thing was I wanted to make sure that I got his voice saying theater his way in his song, right? That works for a country song, I feel like. Yeah. Well, here it is. Stuart Wellington featuring Hal Doughty with Theater Man. Well, they shut down the local AMC and it's broken the very core of me. There's movies coming out that I want to see, but Netflix doesn't bring the theater to me. <laughs> theater to me. It's very relatable. Yep. Who didn't miss buying popcorn from a boy? This is one I can really imagine people shouting along in a bar with oh, their yeah. with their mugs of beer. Yeah, a lot of spilled beer. Or I guess in this case it would be spilled soda. <laughs> be so- since making the floor sticky <laughs> in a theater. It'd be like an extra large Pepsi. Yeah, just spilling everywhere. <laughs> I had not thought about that. That's a great image. That would be in the video for this for sure. <laughs> Basically like the scene from Gremlins where they're all there except it's people and they've got big, big Pepsis. Wanna hear people laughing having a cough. Wanna hear people having a cough. It's great. Did he say having a cough? Yeah, like having yeah, a cough. It. Yeah. I just like the idea of having a cough. Like yes. it's like you're you like oh, having a laugh, having a cough. Yeah, I think that's why it had to be said that way. It's, it had to match having a laugh with having a cough. 
The other thing that Stewart uh, wanted in this song from the moment we started recording was he, he said he wanted to have a saxophone solo in it. Ooh. So I enlisted my friend Brian to do a saxophone solo, which sounds a little weird in a country song, but it turned out great. Brian, Brian knocked it out of the park. It's coming up after the bridge here. Oh, the projectors ain't rolling and I'm in the dark. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable how well that sax solo works in this song. <laughs> Just like, yeah, it sits there perfectly. bring in outside musicians to do something like that sax solo you know what that might have been the only time wow because there was it was a it was an instance he he was like no matter what we do i think even before we had decided what type of song he was like no matter what we do i want a sax solo in there and uh and i just happen to know a very very good saxophone player um so but i i'm trying to think if there usually uh usually other things that people have asked for i've been able to passably do on you know, by with a MIDI uh, MIDI device or a guitar or something like that. So, well, an uh, on-call sax player is not a bad thing to have. Not, not at all. <laughs> the next one is Sean Smith. Sean is another Louisville area comedian, a very, very, very funny guy. Um, and so he wanted to do a theme song for a '90s sitcom that didn't that didn't exist. I was going to ask, like, is Boys from or Boys in the Attic actually a thing that I've just never heard of? <laughs> boys in the Attic is a show that we made up. We actually spent most of the episode. You'll notice this song is one minute long because it is a theme <laughs> song for a TV show. But right. we also did not have much time to write the song because we spent most of the episode coming up with what the show was about. And if so I remember, should I know what the, the yeah I should know what the show is. Oh about yeah, before yeah. I hear Let me tell secret. you what the show okay. is. Uh, and it was all just stuff Sean made up off the top of his head. He, ca- he apparently came into the show with no- none of this planned or anything like that, which which is good. That's that's generally what I want. And the show that he came up with was it's two ghosts. It's an odd couple of two ghosts that live in an attic, and beneath them there is a fa- a live family with three teenage daughters. And the ghost. Sorry, is this the phrase live family? A live family, yeah. <laughs> well, I have to distinguish them from the ghosts in the attic, which we, I don't know why we said boys in the attic uh, when they're ghosts, but Are I they guess, ghosts of boys? I guess it must be. They're not, no, they're not like, they're grown men. And I oh, think, okay. and one is, what is, what, one is a caveman and one is a guy from the 90s. How did the caveman get in the attic? I have no, I have no <laughs> idea. But so they're an odd couple where the one guy, you can imagine the scenarios that a guy sure, from the yeah. 90s, a dead guy, I don't think we quite nailed down what a dead guy from the 90s means. I don't know if that means he died <laughs> in the 90s or if he was a big 90s guy who he's died. He's like a 90s dude. Yeah. Who, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like super into 90210 and then he died or something right. like that. I don't know. So tragic. We don't quite ever figure out a lot of these big questions that they would have to do if they actually wrote the pilot. But we did make a theme song that I ended up, uh, I ended up putting, the, the final nice uh, like touch that makes this work for me is I put it on, I, I, I ran it through a filter that makes it sound like you're sort of listening to an old VHS tape. So Perfect. So here it is. This is uh, Sean Smith featuring Hal Dottie. It'll take some heart 
theme from Boys in the Attic. And this Sean and I sang together. Boys in the Attic, miraculous change. Boys in the Attic, from two different days. One is a caveman, one is a 90s. Two different times. Boys in the Attic, on top of the world. A family beneath, with three teenage girls. It'll take some heart, it'll take some love. <laughs> they may not have bodies, but they're solid enough. All right, their their names are Grumped and Alex. The caveman is named Grumped. Uh, I figured. <laughs> so the uh, I had forgotten how much, just how much of that episode was just us trying to come up with ghost related, like motivational phrases, specters together, uh, spirits who can hear it, <laughs> and then uh, Sean texted me, I think maybe twenty minutes after we recorded. Um, poltergeist. He was like, I cannot believe I did not think of poltergeist. That is good because that would have that that actually would have been a better title for the show than Boys in the Attic. <laughs> I kind of like Boys in the Attic. It's, it sounds like they're going to get up to hijinks yeah. and madcap adventures. And you can really, when you listen to that song, you can hear the kind of the freeze framey, like turn around and smile. Yes. You know, uh, some kind of slapstick comedy is happening. I loved that it has that. Um, it has that like they they are getting better is one of the lines in the song. So uh, there's a quality of it like okay these guys are all super messed up but together they're gonna figure it out and that seems to be the spirit of a lot of '90s sitcoms. It's especially interesting because they as ghosts don't have hearts. Uh, yeah, and they have no and they sh- ghosts should have no motivation to like get better or improve the lives of the people whose house they're haunting. I don't know. <laughs> They're very good-spirited ghosts, Spirits. though they have problems. Yeah, there you go. So the next one is uh, John Cullen. Now, John Cullen is a uh, mutual friend of ours, I think, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, John, yeah. you, were on, you were on Block Party recently. Yep, um, he's great. Fellow Canadian. How long have you known John? Um, you know, we followed each other on Twitter for a while, but... We've never actually met in okay, person right. because he's on the other side of the country. I was right, yeah. from Toronto. He's from uh, British Columbia. So it's like we might as well be across the ocean. Yes. Um, huge, huge yeah. country up there. Yeah. And he's like a great curler mm-hmm. and on top of being funny. And I'm assuming great at writing songs, which we're about to hear. Yeah. He's, um, a, he's a drummer. I just had him on a bonus episode where we wrote a parody song together in a half an hour. And it was a parody song of Dido's thank you th- uh, that's in tribute to Entourage, that's thanking Entourage oh <laughs> for, for making such a great show. Uh, but anyway, uh, John is a big butt rock fan. He, lo- he has a, a butt rock slash rap metal, or new me- sorry, new metal podcast called PODcast. He loves all that early 2000s kind of sludgy uh, butt rock. So that's what we decided to do. This is sort of the the track that I arranged ended up being kind of a hybrid between, uh, what are they called, Creed and uh, Nickelback. Sort of oh, somewhere wow. between Creed and Nickelback, okay. I think. And this, this is called The Man with the Ears. Uh, John came on about two weeks before Easter and wanted to do an Easter song. And then I had I didn't realize until we were midway through the episode that that episode was not going to come out until like two weeks after Easter. So this is <laughs> this this will be a big song next Easter, I think. Right. The first so we're time getting the preview, hit. sort of for the craze that will sweep the nation next Easter. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, so Broken Motor is the name of the band that he came up with. This is the band that the the fictional band, I guess, that wrote this song. That's and a great butt rock name. Yep, and it's a song about. The Easter Bunny, that's called the Man with the Ears, <laughs> which I guess is like a running theme of the songs from season one, is that ghosts are called boys. Uh, you get your popcorn from a boy at the movie theater, and the and bunnies apparently are are just men with ears. Here we go. 
<laughs> the man will arrive and fill me up. He's referring, of course, to a bunny bringing him candy that will fatten him up. Approach the man with a heel. You know, I feel like there are probably Christmas songs that are in this vein. Yeah. But it's so unusual to hear an Easter song. Mm-hmm. And it's it also, off. it's kind of a dark Easter song. It's which is creepy not even, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Just the idea of the man with the ears being how you'd refer to a rabbit. Yeah. Is like, there's something eerie and Very sinister. We ended up that. coming up, yeah, we ended up coming up with a very sinister scenario. Because this is it. Eat me up. So the idea is the bunny comes and feeds you chocolates and Reese cups, and you get fat, and then the bunny eats you up. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what happens at Easter. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's the reason and, for the season. And he says, will this finally be the Easter that I get eaten up? Like, he's been waiting for it his whole <laughs> life. <laughs> really weird. Really weird song. Yeah, this is for sure like the weirdest one so far. <laughs> Congrats to John on the weirdest song. I just know that the big man he gonna come. <laughs> so good at that goat voice. Like, it's weird that he's saying set aside your fears when he's literally singing about a giant rabbit eating him. Yeah, you have to approach him. You have to be... Don't be afraid. You have to not be afraid or he won't feed you and eat you up. You wouldn't want that. (laughs) (laughs) The vocals are really a standout of this one. Yeah. He's... I mean, I think that was maybe half of the reason I asked him to come on at this time so early in the run was he had been talking about how good his butt rock voice was on Block Party quite a bit. Oh, Mr. Big Ears. Why would he be scared of you? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it's I think it's part of the the style of butt rock music is that the songs don't make any sense. Like right. it's part of it. Right. It's a world of bad poetry that you're in. So good. So good. Thank you, John. Wow. All right. That was Uh, impressive. Okay. Um, All right. The next one. Oh, Jesse Farrar. Uh, This is Mike Hale's co-host on Your Kickstarter Sucks. Jesse Farrar, Bronze Hammer on Twitter, one half of the Go Off Kings Twitch stream. And uh, Jesse, as as fans of his oeuvre will know, he's a big fan of going to the store. Jesse loves yeah. to go to the store. I'm already laughing at the title of this song. Clean up on aisle whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and JF is also a, 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 big, a big time bullshitter. And I could tell that he wanted to come on the show and just joke around a lot. And he didn't, he, 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 I'm not sure if he was scared of finishing the song or what, but or scared of having to do the song. I think he was a little bit because he's not a not a musical guy himself. Apparently, he doesn't even like music that much. Is is what I'm hearing. But uh, but he gave me maybe the weirdest challenge yet, which was or maybe the most uh, daunting challenge for me when he said it. He came on and he said he wanted to do a song that sounds like Ben Folds, 
Ooh, I love Ben Fold. I, so uh, let's see how this goes. He's one of my favorite all-time artists. I would think. I would say. Okay. So okay. Well, that's even more see. daunting because so I I I'm not a good piano player, and that's like eighty percent of par- what makes yeah. it sound what it is. <laughs> so I had to like I had to figure out how I'm gonna even approach you know uh, making a Ben Fold's arrangement. So I'll just go ahead and play it. That's what it was a song about going to the going to the grocery store in the style of uh, Ben Folds, and the, and the track he gave me as a reference was the um, Angry Dwarfs song. The I know what you're talking about. Here we go. You can kind of tell that's, a, that's an electronic piano, but I don't have a grand here. Another day wandering <laughs> the aisles of paradise. <laughs> Grocery in my proximity where you cannot beat the price. A matter of convenience, a mission for my kin. I hunt and I gather. I push the This sounds cart. like a combination of Bedfold's Weird Al and Primus. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was the last one? Primus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or like one of Les Claypool's side projects. Sure. Chips and dip. Worth the trip. And like maybe a little bare naked ladies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know who I am? JF walking through the grocery saying, Do you know who I am? It's very funny to me. Now, I have thought about when I do the, when I put these together on an album, I've thought about maybe not doubling his voice here the way it's doubled. Because it's maybe a little bit, maybe it's a little weird and distracting that it's the two voices there. I couldn't decide. Ben Folds sometimes doubles up voices, sometimes doesn't. So I wasn't usually, sure which way to go. I feel like he usually doesn't. I'm, I'm curious to uh, eventually one day hear what it sounds like yeah. without it being doubled. It kind of makes it sound more psycho <laughs> that, he's in, that he's in both of your ears. Yeah. Sometimes saying it slightly differently. Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Clean up on our whatever. Clean up. On aisle whatever. Clean up. On aisle whatever. Clean up. On aisle whatever. See, the fun thing about doing a song in this style is that because the style itself is kind of like goofy on its own. This sounds like mm-hmm. this could be an actual song. Like it doesn't oh, sure. sound like a funny song in like a metal style. It sounds like an actual song that could come out of this genre of music. Yeah, that's true. Those the that style or that like that realm, you know, like you you mentioned bare naked ladies, like their songs are kind of jokes already, you know, the um or they have a lot of jokes in their songs. Uh let's see what's next. The next one is Tyler Lance Walker Gill. Now, uh, Tyler is a very, very good uh, country, sort of outlaw honky-tonk country singer that I know, uh, again, here in, here in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, and I wanted to get him on the show because he's got a great voice. And he's, he's also a very funny guy. He seemed like a very fun guy to write a song with. And he spun the wheel and he, he, got, uh, he got disco rock, I think, is what we, is what we landed on. So, like, somewhere around, the, the song we listened to as a reference was um, uh, I Was Made for Loving You by Kiss. Got it. And we decided to do another sort of covid thing. We decided to do a song about, uh, about inspiring someone to get off the couch and stop being, like, gross and just sitting there in their own stink. Maybe we were a little uh, too fast on pulling the trigger on this one because we're in the middle of another COVID wave. Uh, but, the, but the idea for this one was that you're getting out into the world again and you're getting up out of that funk. It doesn't have to be COVID-related. It could just be someone who's, like, lounging around and feeling miserable and feeling sorry for themselves. And the yeah, first it could line just be like, you need to have a shower. That, 
Yes. Uh, uh, wash your balls, I think we say in the song somewhere. And then, um, uh, the, but the, the first line that really told us what type of song we were doing was, quit being a piece of shit. So you'll hear that pretty prominently placed. Okay. This is a, um, and then uh, Tyler not only sang this one, he also did, uh, did the lead guitar part. And you'll hear how great he is at guitar. Um, really, really talented uh, musician. Tyler Lance Walker Gill. Here it is. Get up out of that funk. Stick it up the whole damn neighborhood. There it is. Oh, yeah. Slumming like a bum when you could be a hunk. Get yourself up out of that funk. <laughs> Writing a song with Tyler was really uh, was pretty great. Like uh, like he, I it was like I felt like I could just do that. I could just get up every day and just write one of these types of songs. That... <laughs> one thing I like about the title of this song too, "Get Up Out of That Funk." It's like too many words. Like it's, it could be "Get Up Out," or like "Get Out of That Funk." Right. Get up out that funk. But get up out of that funk feels. Well, I had to argue for not for it not being get up out of that funk because it sounded that to me sounded too much like it would be a James Brown song or something. Yeah. Get up out of that funk. (laughs) And there's even more words in the actual song where it's get yourself up out of that funk. What it lacks in word economy, it makes up for with incredible guitar playing. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, And then we just fade out like he's going to continue playing that guitar solo forever. (laughs) Next one is with uh, my friends Tom Walker and Demi Lardner. They are uh, comedians from Australia. Uh, they also uh, they do Twitch streams. Um, They both they both have their own uh, uh, Twitch Twitch channels. Great, great Twitch streamers, great comedians. Tom has a great comedy special called Very Very on Amazon Prime. Uh, but they they came on. They wanted to do a um, a pop punk song, sort of Blink One Eighty Two style pop punk song about uh, about a loser. They wanted to just list a long list of L's, you know, yeah, including one that was from Demi's own recent life, where she got high for the first time in a while and. Uh, Dropped her phone in the toilet and I think barfed on her phone as well. Something like that. I can't remember the exact order of things, but she says it in the song. So this is called King Single, which is the style of bed that our, lo- our, our loser has. Right? A King Single. <laughs> <laughs> King Single mattress uh, just on the floor itself. And I think you'll, you'll recognize, uh, <laughs> you'll I recognize like King the- Single would be a great band name. Yeah. Actually, like it's an actually good name. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We knew we had something when the words King Single came out of whoever's mouth. We were like, that's got to be the, the title. And then and the, they just pulled the they just pulled the band name out of their butts at the end. But it was time to fuck off. Time to fuck off and die <laughs> is the name of the band. Uh, here it is. Time to fuck off and die with King Single. <laughs> 
So Demi sent me this. Oh, this is the phone fell in the toilet as I was puking. Now my phone's ruined. <laughs> So Demi said she wanted to have an alternate line that involved the princess and the frog, and we ran out of time, so it ended up just being alternate line about the princess and the frog. catchy oh it's very very catchy they did a great job the um uh i'll say uh their their podcast is called big soft titty dot png and uh and they um uh demi uh one of the funny things demi sent me i think six vocal takes which i love i want the most i want as many vocal takes as possible but that 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 might be the most anybody sent me and three of hers were i think three of them were marked Australian version. And those were the ones that she sang in her actual accent. And then I think she did more of a, I don't know, like any, just a more universal voice for the other ones. But I ended up using the Australian voice because I liked the, I liked the, um, I don't know, I liked the tone of that voice a little more. There's something about Australian accents that really works with like snotty pop pop oh, music. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all, ta- they're all talking in the Blink-182 uh, na-na-na-na voice all the time. Over there. <laughs> it's a whole uh, country of them. It's a, it's a whole country of Blink-182. So um, next, oh, this is, okay, this episode was, this episode was pretty wild. So uh, Simon Barrett, uh, he wrote uh, he wrote one of my favorite movies of the last, I think, 10 years. It's called uh, The Guest. He's been involved in those VHS movies as well. And, um, uh, uh, but he recently released uh, his his full feature-length directorial debut called Seance. And I reached out to him. I think I, I think I had interacted with him a little bit through the YKS boys. I think he's a YKS fan. And so I sent him uh, a DM and I said, hey, do you want to come on my show? Uh, and I was like, we'll, we'll record the show and we'll have it so that it drops on the day that Seance comes out. It'll be a little bit of extra promotion. And, in my, and what I thought was that I was going to kind of sneak my own song into the world of Seance the movie and that he was going to come on and we were going to write like almost like a docking sort of song about the movie Seance or something and that he had told me on the th- on the DM that he didn't want to sing he didn't want to do any music uh he didn't want to he didn't want to contribute anything to the actual <laughs> recording right right and then he came on the show and he shot me down immediately on doing anything related to Seance he told me that he told me that he doesn't like listening to the show because it gives it it gives him anxiety. He pretty much berated me and pilloried me for the entire like hour that we talked. Oh my gosh! About uh, about how the show is longer than it says it's going to be. The uh, uh, most of the time I'm torturing people by making them sit there and write this song and sing it and embarrass themselves in front of their friends. And so and so he ended up making me write a more honest theme song for the show. So he turned the tables on you. Oh, he, oh, absolutely he did. He oh, it 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 uh I mean it's it's a crazy uh episode to listen to. He wanted the theme song to reflect the fact that nobody should ever listen to the show. Aww. Right? So here it is. <laughs> that, that's all I'll tell you going into it, right? Okay. So this is horror writer director Simon Barrett presents Howl Dottie's Fast Track. This is the theme song he thinks the show should have. Okay. And I'll say it starts out with a recording of Michael uh, Michael Hale, episode one, 
uh, singer and guest. Uh, it starts off with him being tortured in a room by himself. So here we go. It's very atmospheric. And Simon demanded that it be five minutes long because it needed to dissuade anybody from listening further. And so there is a uh, <laughs> there is a full minute of just electronic buzz at the end of the <laughs> the end of the song. That's pretty smart if you're trying to get people to turn it off. Yes. I don't want to do this. So here's Michael on the show sorry, saying he doesn't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I? Can we just stop? A warning to sensitive listeners. Howl Dottie's fast track is as unpleasant. Now this actually is Simon, so I sort of tricked him in my own way into into appearing on the song. Suffering of guests who cannot recall why they agreed to appear on the program. See how long you can listen. Comment below with how far you got. This show also needs sponsors, by the way. I got him to throw in a, a request for sponsors as well. I played this to my advantage, I think. Oh, I think so. You made uh, something good out of a difficult situation. Theme song telling you that the show's a bad idea is pretty good. right now and I'm recording this in my apartment. I have a lot of work I need to be doing. But I'm doing this show. It's how Dottie asked me to be on it. And I felt like I couldn't say no. Please don't <laughs> listen. The ritual humiliation of how Dottie's friends is not intended for public ears. He says the show is going to be only 30 minutes or that it will only take 30 minutes to create the song. Every episode is over 30 minutes. Look at the run times. See with your own eyes. <laughs> Do not listen. Do not listen. Hal Dottie's fast track. Mike uh, really gives, I think, an Oscar-worthy performance in that. Uh, he sounds very, very well. He sounds absolutely traumatized. Okay, and there's the buzz. <laughs> there's that buzz that uh, that finishes out the track. Well, it is very cinematic. It ended up sounding like a movie trailer. Yeah, uh, which I which I like a lot. I uh, <laughs> I actually love what that ended up being. Um, little controversial whether or not that's an actual song <laughs> written in a half an hour. I love, I love that buzz. I think that's very funny. Hey, everybody. Hal here. I hope you're enjoying my discussion with Raina about the season one Fast Track songs. Part two of our discussion will be out next week. In the meantime, here's a couple things I want to mention to you. One is Tracktober. Tracktober is a special seasonal mini crossover series that I'm doing for the final three Fridays of October. I'm writing songs with three great podcasts that I love. Your Kickstarter sucks, of course. 
Also, Bunta Vista and What a Time to Be Alive. So make sure you set aside some listening time and make sure your little phone is all charged up and ready to download some frighteningly rocking <laughs> episodes of Fast Track. The other thing I wanted to mention is that the Patreon episodes are still popping, baby. I premiered two different bonus shows last month with uh, Mandy McKelvey and Mike Hale. And I did a great parody episode as well with John Cullen that you heard me talk about earlier in this episode. $5 per month over on the Patreon gets you three bonus episodes a month, downloads of all the Fast Track songs, access to the exclusive Discord. And I will promise you, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna promise you this, I'm gonna try my damnedest to keep things interesting over there in the premium Fast Track realm. So thank you for listening. Thank you to Raina Duras for doing this. And uh, part two of this great conversation will continue next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>